0: Last time on Trials of the Apocalypse.
1: The Carson homestead is not an active one. There are plenty of stories that the Carson family was plagued by misfortune. I'm Brandy. Brandy Carson. I've come to take ownership of what my family has left me here, what, what my relatives have left, and it ain't no concern of yours.
2: And that was a genuine pleasant surprise to see these graves so well tended when I expected it to be an overgrown mess. He, uh, reads for the tip class. Libations for the departed. Libations
1: are wasted on the departed. Libations are for the living. He stands up a big sign that says Dr. Jebediah F. Clarkson. And underneath,
3: it says, Ghost Be Gone. Oh, no. The city council was, of course, overjoyed to welcome one of my expertise and skills to offer these wares, offer this tincture, this solution to your ghost
1: problem. He gestures. There's like a a couple with some kids. They're clutching their bottles of Ghost Be Gone in their hands.
3: Oh, we can go home
1: and be safe tonight. A little bit of safety is important for the people, don't you think?
4: It's got to be a town hall, right?
1: Well, there certainly was a town hall. It was destroyed during the the last
5: wounded
1: night. We had six
5: years to rebuild it and we didn't
1: do it. Some scars never heal, Marshall. You would know that best.
4: Because it's the, how do we get her to, to move on, right? to the yeah. To the next realm. I think that that was her wedding day. And she never got that wedding. She never got the life that she wanted. And that's why she can't move on.
5: I, Marshal Jefferson Stockley, do hereby call an assemblage regarding the state of affairs of the township of El Paso. Each other hunter must state if they will be in attendance. Additionally, each hunter in attendance, including you... Can name a side character who will also be in attendance. Angel Flynn, will you be attending the assemblage?
0: (laughs) That's a yes.
1: Who would you like to bring as your plus one to this?
0: Talia Morena. She is a broker of secrets. The
1: last names are the same. What is Talia's relationship to Jose? Siblings. So Jose's sister, you would like to be in attendance.
4: I will be at the assemblage, and I have invited Jebediah.
1: Of course, Marshal Jefferson Stockley will be in attendance, as will your deputy, of course.
5: Of course. I, I was going to say the deputy was my side character that was going to be there.
2: This this would alter what, what Brother Gideon does, because he has to be there for this. Because this is a coming together, everyone. If the assemblage is laying the spirits rest, he's going to be there. As such, his plus one, uh, it's Brandy. This assemblage will certainly
1: be an interesting one that you've called... Marshall Stockley, Marshall Jefferson Stockley,
5: Marshall Jefferson Stockley.
1: The family lives on a small homestead, just outside of town. They've purchased a bottle of Ghost Begun in order to protect themselves from the ghost of a cattle rustler they've been dealing with for the past few nights. Our first Paint the Scene question. Looking around the Prior home, how do we know that they've tried just about everything to make the ghostly cattle rustler go away?
2: If you were to enter the prior home, and if you knew the Carsons' troubles, you'd swear that maybe the curse had migrated, because crosses adorn almost every wall and surface. But that's not all. In addition to that, you'd step over a line of salt at the door, with a line of brick dust behind that. You'd see various files and bottles in strange places Horseshoes over every doorway. For good measure, some right side up, some upside down. Just in case. You see various articles, papers, leaflets. Anything and everything to do with the supernatural and how to drive things forth. Or invite things in to fight things you already have. There are burnt bundles of sage and other herbs and spices, because desperation reigns at the prior home. And finally, new and shiny on their dining room table, well I say dining room, it's a small home, so it's the main room, but there is a table, and sitting new and shiny is a bottle of Ghost Begone, just begging to be used.
1: Marshall Jefferson Stockley. The assemblage is gathering. The original town hall had a large bell, though the building couldn't be salvaged, what with the events of the previous wounded night. The bell, however, was. It sits proudly out front of the building still, and I think the deputy is standing there giving it a ring as the last few attendees of the assemblage that you've called arrive on the scene. How do you set them up for this ritual that you would like to conduct? And before you get to that, what do you have to say to them?
5: All right now, everybody settle down. Settle down. S- I said settle
3: down. You you, you heard the de- <clears throat> you heard the marshal. Yeah, uh, uh qu- quiet down in in front, back, and center. A-
1: anywhere you're making noise?
5: As your duly appointed Marshal of this fine township of El Paso, I have called you here this evening to talk about the state of affairs going on in the town. Now, as you may be aware, we had the terrible car accident happen. Lost two good people. And four good horses. And four fine fine horses.
3: Twice that's a bit of a preference there for <laughs> Marshall Strongly <laughs> Two good people, four fine, fine horses. Fine fine, fine horses.
4: <laughs> he did accidentally. <laughs>
5: <laughs> and as you may be aware that there was a ghostly sighting at said cratch y'all may want to raise a fuss at that I didn't want to uh, give in to the paranormal myself at first but we have done our due diligence in investigating that is the conclusion that we have drawn and as the wounded night is upon us it is the only likely explanation now what we've done as the vigilance committee is we have gotten together, looked over the facts, and have come to a conclusion that I believe will work for our advantage. And it's at this point that the marshal pulls out of his breast pocket a tan of high-quality mustache oil. Yeah? <laughs> and will fix his mustache before he gives his next part. So I'm going to check off high-quality mustache. Mustache, oil, tin. Oh, are you going to try to work it into a move here? Or? I'm working it into my roll that I have to do.
1: Oh, you still have to do a roll for the assemblage? Yeah. Oh, I forgot. We hadn't done that yet because we rolled for the question. Yeah. Okay. No, carry on. Ooh, ooh.
5: No, okay. no. I give my speech and then I roll. Yeah, yeah. But forth. I've worked this into the speech. Oh, I hear you. Before working it into the roll. I'm loving it. But but ba 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 baby. I told you I had a plan for the mustache oil already.
4: I love that. My
2: God, it's wheels within wheels.
5: Yeah. So the marshal fixes his mustache with his high quality uh, tin of mustache oil and we'll continue. You see, what we're planning to do is we're going to hold a uh, marriage ceremony of sorts that will allow said specter to pass on over to the other side and leave all of us find people to hell alone. So that is our plan for that situation. Are there any questions, comments, concerns? Now is the time, ladies and gentlemen. And he'll wait a beat, and if nobody says anything, we'll take that as... Oh, I I want
1: that roll before we get to anyone's responses, because that'll guide how how the audience...
4: Doesn't he get advantage if he uh, works in the...
1: Yeah, you get to roll its advantage. So you get to roll three dice, take the higher two because of your uh, mustache oil. Because uh-huh.
4: it's making you look all like...
1: That's right. It's adding to your effect. You seem confident.
4: Whew. Whew. That was almost bad.
5: <laughs> that's, that's a uh, nine on the dice, and it's a plus two. So that's an 11. 11. Nice. Uh, well,
1: on a full success, what's the result?
5: Oh, let's see here. On a a hit, the Keeper will reveal one clue for each active threat over the course of the night phase. Yeah. I didn't get the 12 plus, though, which is sad. But
1: almost.
3: Here's
5: here's what I'm going to do for you, then. Since you've already
1: answered for the Lady in White, you've already answered the question. Mm -hmm. Technically, it isn't resolved yet, but giving you another clue isn't necessarily helpful. What I'll do for you instead is that will give you two clues across the night phase for Ghost, be, Ghost gone. be Gone. So, Marshall, you rolled an 11, which is a complete success. I will offer you, though, that you could spend a Janus Mask and uh, turn it into a 12+. And on a 12+, plus, the Mastermind will appear at the Assemblage, or you get a Mastermind Clue in addition to the other clues.
4: Ooh, in addition.
1: I
5: got a success on. It. You got a very good success. <laughs> I'm just giving today. you the option. I'm just I got a. Option. I got an 11 on my roll. I am content with.
2: You're that. content with that. All right. Oh, but just imagine the the dramatic possibilities of putting on a mask and the mastermind clue to see us out of the whole. Th- oh my gosh! Wowee! Peer pressure <laughs> from me. <laughs>
5: <laughs> All right. So I got dave and david voting for me to put a mask
0: on <laughs> uh make that a the bootstrapper too oh
5: come on
4: i mean this was never a vote you can do whatever you want for yeah forever. it's
5: your your choice 11 <laughs> is a great i
4: will say that it would be pretty
3: cool
5: no no we live in a democratic society so.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the marshal became the marshal due to popular
1: vote <laughs> Pat, I do have an offer for you if you want. Yeah? Uh, we could resolve it uh, once we get to the end of the night. If You don't have to do it right now. But you could do the moss-covered gate. Yeah. You really want me to. I do really want you to do the moss-covered gate.
0: Do I get to
4: know what the moss-covered gate is? Or? You
1: all will find out when we get to okay. resolving it. I think doing it immediately wouldn't make much sense. Uh, but doing it at the end of the night phase would make a lot of sense.
5: What do you think, Pat? Fuck it, it's a one shot. Let's do this shit. <laughs> hey,
1: hey, hey, that's,
5: that's the, the kind of energy spirit. we live for. I
4: want, I want a shirt that says "Fuck it, it's a one shot."
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, picking back up where we left off, Marshall, you ask if there's any questions. Uh, I think Brandy Carson's hand shoots up from the audience. She's a little hunched over where she's standing next to Brother Gideon. It was, of course, strictly at his insistence that she came at all to this. It was quite the trek for her to come into town, but he insisted, and I imagine also offered a little bit of uh, a little bit of that good drink he's got in his flask there. And uh, with those combinations of factors, and the fact that, of course, the marshal might bring heat to her, uh, otherwise, uh, she complied and came. But she does throw her hand up and ask, uh, Oh, what what what's what's this? I I hear about a a wed- wedding. I I, th- I thought we were uh, doing something uh, about this ghost that left two two of us dead. And and she like, and four horses. I think she like <laughs>
5: four fine fine 4 You're right. <laughs> two of us dead and
3: and four. A- excellent, well shot uh, uh, excellently reared uh, beautiful coated uh, horses
1: <laughs> uh, and <laughs> she,
3: she <laughs> this is the dumbest bit uh, oh,
4: no. I love the bit <laughs> she, so
3: she elbows uh,
1: Brother Gideon in the side and, and looks up at him uh,
3: I, 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 I thought you said I needed to be here for something important
5: Yes, of course, Miss Brandy, and you are here for something important. See, you're, you're crucial to the entire plan in order to lay this spirit to rest. Uh, her her eyes go kind of wide. Crucial? Uh, Me? Yes, ma'am. You see, how it is, is that uh, the spirit is the soul of your cousin's betrothed that, according to the papers, ran off the night before the wedding. Now we believe that this specter died that evening, and now cannot be laid to rest until she has accomplished what she set out to do in marrying into your family.
3: Uh, what? Well, I, 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 I don't know if I quite.
1: What are you talking about, Marshall? Well,
5: well, you see, the clues are all there, ma'am.
1: How?
3: How dare you bring my? <laughs> Hasn't my family o- already been through enough?
5: The dented wedding ring that we found at the crash site. It was hers. The circled date on the calendar that was to be their wedding day.
3: All of your uh,
5: details aside, I, uh, what what does any of that have to, to do with, with me? You are the only surviving member of the Carson clan, are you not? Wow. Even if you are, not you're the only one on hand here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you
1: see her. Her eyes widen even further as she starts to realize you you, you mean f- for for me to marry a, a ghost? No, ma'am. I want you to pretend to marry a ghost.
3: What? what? Oh.
1: Is isn't that a? a... A bit of insulting to the nice
5: uh, young, young lady who, who who died? The way we figure it, this is the way to lay her to rest. Otherwise, she continues to terrorize the town. She,
1: like, stops at that, thinks about what you have to say. Her eyes kind of dark down and she looks at the ground. She looks at her hands, I think, and they're lined and creased Uh, over many years and many years of hard work. And she's been digging around in the family cemetery there on the farm, on the estate, most of the day. And even after doing a quick rinse and tidy up before heading out to the assemblage, uh, in those creases and those lines, there's still the dirt that reminds her of her efforts to... uh, Put her family's history to rest, to to put an end to their string of bad luck, to pay respect to their dead. And so, I think after looking down for a moment at her hands, she looks up at you, Marshall, and and says, "Well, it it will be uh, up to her, I, I suppose. But if if she, she'll have me, I'll I'll put my best foot forward to to the union."
4: I was not expecting her to be shy about it. That's really
3: cute. <laughs> You're just asking this lady. She just, you invited her here tonight to get married. You didn't even tell her what she was here for.
5: I do thank you for your cooperation in this, ma'am. I know this may be difficult, but we do believe that it is the right process forward.
1: Well, well uh, just... Tell, tell me what to do. We cut from the scene transpiring at the town hall to the prior family farm at the small homestead just outside of town. Our second question. The ghostly cattle wrestler was murdered on this land some years ago after a shootout with a rival outlaw. As it materializes in the prior home, how does its appearance reflect its violent death?
0: When it appears, it moves erratically, dodging bullets. There's the sound of pop, pop, pop. The ghost draws his gun, returns fire, and then a bullet hits the ghost and it splurts ectoplasmic blood before continuing towards the family, towards its opponent with gun raised and trigger finger actioning.
1: We shift from the dire situation there to the one unfolding back at the old town hall. Angel, standing with you is your friend, uh, at times accomplice, Talia Morena. She's your dealer of secrets. But she's also the sister of the deceased Jose. How has she been handling it?
0: Talia does as Talia does. Always stiff upper lip. Doesn't show any weakness. But from time to time, her eyes would shift from the main goings-on to the rusted gun laying under the rubble before returning as she tries to process what her brother's death really means. And does this really make anything better or not?
1: Yeah, I think she's she's been here with you and her presence has been there. Her physical presence has been. But I think as the marshal originally started to drone on about the situation in town, I think you see her eyes unfocused as she stares off, I think particularly at the mention of the two that we've lost and the four five (laughs) five horses. (laughs) Um, So yeah, Talia has been a little bit more lost, a little bit more present in in body, but not so much in spirit, not so much in mind. Until the marshal declares that the plan is to help this ghost move on. And that's the plan. That's the idea. And there's this interaction, of course, as the Marshal asks for questions between Brandy Carson, the Marshal, a little bit of Brother Gideon. And she now seems wrapped. She keeps her mouth closed. She has that very stiff upper lip right now, her her lips pursed together. And she's staring meaningfully at the stairs where the Marshal stands uh, as he has, I believe, invited... Uh, probably brandy Carson up to take her position as the bride one of two for this ceremony
5: question yeah I put on the mask yeah where's the mastermind at the assemblage ooh
1: well we're getting there the assemblage is our night phase here, so this is still part of the assemblage okay yeah we'll we'll get to that detail promise you. So let me ask then, Marshall, as you are setting up for this wedding ceremony, who do you put where or does this maybe fall to uh, Lorelai to organize as she has greater expertise in matters of
5: the dead? I feel like it falls to Lorelai because of her expertise in the dead. I realize there's also uh, another person
1: who might be organizing the wedding arrangements I imagine there's at least one, probably more, weddings that Brother Gideon has officiated in his capacity as a minister. Yo, why are you talking like that? I don't know.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, of notes, the uh, <laughs> the ministers, the people who do the who read the things, they're not involved with the organization. That's true. They normally just show up. Yeah, they, 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 <laughs> their job is to uh, look pretty and read special words because the book says so. Okay. It's pretty cushy, not going to
1: lie. Pretty cushy gig. Okay. So in its role as a spiritual summoning as well, Lorelai, then you sort of make the arrangements for who's involved, who's standing where, who's doing what.
4: We We wanted Brandy as the bride.
1: Where do you put everyone? So Brandy's there uh, as as the
5: bride in in place of the original groom. Mm Mm-hmm. So shouldn't she be wearing, like, uh, like an old suit of her cousin's or something?
4: I mean, if we can get something like that, that'd be great.
5: That would be kind of cool.
4: If she could be in a suit, that would be great. She also seems like a suit kind of person to me. I get I think, that energy off of her. I think
1: we could, we could make that happen. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Um, I feel like it's important that she at least be dressed like this is a wedding Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily important that everybody is but it is important that she is I'd say Uh, we're gonna give her the dented pearl with the ring to hold on to because that's an important part of this yeah and then I will set up the summoning to happen like where we would walk in from if she were walking down the aisle I think Gideon should be uh brandy's best man Interesting. or i guess you're probably going to be reading the thing right
1: i mean isn't uh, isn't he going to be officiating or are you going to be officiating or lie
4: i don't know how much officiating there's going to be to be
1: well somebody's got to say the words
4: fair enough then gideon should be probably doing that yeah sorry i sometimes forget that you like do religion things
2: <laughs> it's understandable he, he doesn't wear the special collar Not that kind of a clergyman.
4: In which case, uh, Angel, do you want to be the ring bearer or do you want to be like the bridesmaid or do you want to be like... uh, I'm kind of thinking of best man and ring bearer kind of as the same role. Or do you just want to be in the audience? That's also an option.
0: Uh, Angel will be uh, the best man slash ring bearer. All
4: right, Marshall, I think that makes you the uh, the the bride, the bridesmaid in that case. <laughs> Somebody's got to stand there and like hold the bouquet. Always a bridesmaid, never the bride. Or I could take over that role and you could be the one to walk down the the aisle.
1: Oh, I like the idea of the Marshall walking the lady
3: in white down the aisle. I'll That's do that. Cool.
4: Okay, so I'll set up the summoning to happen over there where she will enter from and then we'll have Marshall Jefferson Stockley stand there as well um and be ready to like take her arm
0: she might get upset with you Why? i just don't know like
4: how okay with any of this she's gonna be i think it'll be good but we also rolled a mix success
1: i mean that's you know don't let the metagaming
5: guide you
4: it's just like, we think this is going to work, but there is always the risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, be, be cautious still.
5: Oh, I thought the complication was Brandy's hesitancy.
1: No, that was just natural.
5: Oh, okay.
4: That was just for role play.
5: Yeah.
1: That was just to milk that for a scene.
4: Um, then, yeah, and then I'll go over. We can have prepared a, a little flower bundle or something
0: mm-hmm.
4: and have that ready to hand her. I guess she would walk down with the with the flower bundle so actually you'll have that marshal.
1: So so what's the order of people coming down then as part of this ritual? So at the front we have set up Gideon standing at the head. We already have standing there to Gideons. Randy. Yeah yeah, two two Gideons right, we have Brandy standing there.
4: I'm on the other side of the aisle.
1: Yeah, you're on the other side, you're in the <laughs> we have bride- bridesmaids all around. Maid of uh, honor. Matrix yeah. of honor. Yeah. We have, we have one of the maid of honor positions going to Lorelei. We have Angel going to be coming down the aisle, bearing the ring to give to Brandy as part of our ritual we're conducting. And then Marshall Stockley is going to walk. Well,
4: usually the ring bearer walks in before the bride. The bride is usually the last one to walk.
1: Yeah, in. that's what I mean. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to I'm building the scene in my head. Okay. So we know what's going on. So then after that, Marshall will come with the Lady in White, presuming all that's going well. Uh, And then we'll hold our short ceremony and
0: we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. How are we bringing the Lady in White forth? Well, last time
4: I used my bones. Yeah. And I can't use those bones again.
1: That's true. You marked those bones. I
4: marked the bones. The other things I have are an ever-running hourglass, a chameleon, and a sealed locked box. That's what I have on my list. However,
5: I forgot about the chameleon.
4: <laughs> you did that to me. I
5: know, and I'm proud of it.
4: I feel like this is going to be some sort of like a sensitivity role, maybe. I guess that's really for you to decide. But, like, I'm just sort of trying to channel the... There, there is probably still salt involved. I think I might like burn some herbs and well, yeah, spices. Just,
1: just describe for me what you're what you're doing, or do you just? I mean, is what you're doing just integrated into this ritual, this ritual of marriage, and you just announce the bride? I don't know what you do.
5: Tell me. Will setting up the the scenario itself be enough to bring her here? I don't know.
4: Maybe if we play the wedding march.
5: Yeah. Anyone particularly good at tickling the ivories? <laughs> Can Deputy Wainwright tickle the ivories?
0: Wait, wait, tickling the ivories—that might be something for the. Yeah, see if you have a, see if you have a musician friend. Well, I mean, musician friend. She has employees. <laughs> hmm.
5: They're not her friends.
0: <laughs> okay, if your establishment has a piano.
1: Uh, And we've already established that the old courthouse is pretty much in the same square where your establishment is also located, the Golden Sun Cup. With a little bit of labor, uh, we could probably drag the piano out at least onto the front stoop so that its sound can be heard here across, across the road, across the square. And I do like the idea of the deputy being able to tickle the ivories. Because like whoever whoever works for you is probably off-duty right now, right? They, they, you bring in a musician or something to come and play for a while. It's late at night in, the, in, an, in an evening of the wounded night, so it's a little bit harder to rustle up a formal piano player. But I think the deputy, after you all have dragged, moved this piano out here, uh, the deputy will go over, uh, flip out imaginary coattails, settle down onto onto the bench and look over to you, Marshall. At at your service, Marshall.
5: Uh, What'll it be? The wedding march, deputy. The wedding march.
1: Of course. It's not necessarily the song I would want at my own wedding, but that's all right. We can do it.
5: And he starts playing it
1: on this (laughs) piano. And the music comes in. The crowd has quieted down. They've been divided into two sides, one for each bride. Brother Gideon is there, front and center. To his right stands Brandy Carson. Next to her stands Lorelei Chambers. The other side is currently empty, but not for long. As the... I guess, were were we playing the wedding march the whole time during this wedding? No, just for the part Just the bride? mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, before
4: that he plays like, I don't know, the um, just that's not,
5: oh wow, amazing. We're gonna play the spinning dragon. How
4: about
5: this? How about this? It doesn't matter. You're gonna throw in some. Well, I mean, I'll probably get the actual wedding march, for right. the wedding march bit. Yeah, I believe that's
1: free. I would hope I sure hope so. Um,
4: I really oh. hope so, considering a lot of people use it at their wedding. Definitely <laughs> don't like license it or anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's used for weddings because it's free, right? That's how things work like that. So, no, I think at first the deputy. Plays a slow, quiet number. Something to set the mood, something to set the tone for the wedding. We see Brother Gideon up front and center, to his right is Brandy Carson, standing a little bit nervous in one of her cousin's best suits, or what's left of it after these years. A little bit moth-eaten around the corners. Her hands clasped in front of her. Those who are up front can see that her hands shake ever so slightly. Behind her stands Lorelai, serving as one of the Matrons of Honor. And as the deputy across the street plays, Angel, you walk slowly down the aisle, across the cracked earth, towards the front steps of the old town hall, or what's left of it. And aloft, carrying in front of you, you bear a ring with a pearl, dented slightly from use. And. Uh, You step solemnly up in front of Brandy. You hand it to her. She takes it from you. You assume your position behind where the bride will hopefully soon be standing. Marshall, you head to the back of the crowd. You stand there, your arm out, waiting. As the music hits its final swell... Slowly peters out, and the deputy, with a flourish, starts playing the wedding march. As he does so, nothing happens at first. You stand there, your arm extended, Marshal, for a beat, two, three. I think you start to worry that your little ritual you all have composed here may be unsuccessful after all. But as you stand and wait there, you all feel a familiar chill go down your spines. The chill that you would expect when ghosts, especially those of great power, are near. And as you hold out your arm, first one, then two, then a few dozen white mobs. From nearby buildings, from out of thin air, they descend and they land. And then, in a flurry, as dozens more joined them, they assemble, piece by piece, into a form, white, glowing, resplendent. And... Were it not for the fact that you cannot really feel her presence on your arm, Marshall, you would not know that she was a ghost. Just a young woman wearing a simple white dress. Her arm linked with yours, looking nervously ahead, waiting for her wedding day. All right, starting on the left foot, sweetheart. Here we go. And the music comes in. We strike that familiar beat and head down the aisle. Hello. I've been expecting you. Or, (laughs) so I'd like to say. Despite running this show for a few years now, I'm still pretty shocked any time anyone actually tunes in. Don't get me wrong, I'm glad you've joined us, but you could be doing anything in this whole wide world right now, and instead you're here, listening to me. So, thanks, I think. You might have noticed uh, our week delay on today's episode. Unfortunately, I don't podcast professionally, so my day job has a greater say in my schedule than I would like but I am beyond excited to get this one out there. I, I love how this whole night phase came out, and I hope you're looking forward to the next half of it here in a minute. We're recording the final part of the game this weekend, and I'm hoping to avoid any kind of delay when the next release comes. But if you want updates on when to expect us, you can always follow us on Twitter or join us on the podcast Nexus Discord, both linked in the show notes. But hey, if you've been enjoying this arc... Or the show in general, I do have one request for you while I have you here. It would mean the world to me, uh, to really all of us, if you left us a kind review in your podcatcher. Feedback like that not only makes our day every time a new one comes in, it also really helps people know that this is a good show to check out. And as a special little bonus, you should include the name of your favorite character that's appeared on the show so far in this or any arc it sends our cast to the stratosphere when they get a specific mention. So make someone's day and leave us a review. If you don't have a way to leave one in your current listening app, uh, I will have a link to a common review site, Podchaser, in the show notes. So tell us what you think. Maybe now, I I can wait for you. Or hey, maybe after the second half, which is coming your way right now. Talk to you later. You've walked step by patient step up to the base of the stairs. You turn to face each other one last moment before letting her go the last few steps up to take her position for the ceremony. Marshall, do you say or or give give her any last advice?
5: I won't say what first popped in my head, (laughs) which was sure hopes this works.
2: (laughs) Uh, Exactly. (laughs) Uh. Uh.
0: There you go, darling. The day awaits. Uh, She smiles softly.
1: Let's go of your arm again. Her her hand just sort of passing through yours. You feel a slight chill once again up your spine.
5: I'm already chilled to the bone. <laughs> I
1: already have the condition. Marshall, I'm sorry Sorry to tell you. You're just getting colder, my dude. <laughs>
5: you now have chilled to the bone squared. Yes. I need a hot bath after this. Oh, oh, hey, well, you do. We can get there. That's the only thing to clear the condition, right? Yep. It's to
4: Take a bath.
5: It's to <laughs> partake in my vice. Right? That's right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She takes those last few steps up. She stands now in the middle with her betrothed, I suppose. Air quotes. Air
5: quotes betrothed.
1: And uh, you see Brandy fumble. She slips the ring uh, temporarily into her pants pocket. And she puts her hands out to take those of the lady in white. Brother Gideon, how do you begin the service?
2: Oh, it's, uh, you you. got to go with the Classic. <clears throat> Dearly beloved We are gathered here this evening To join this fine lady in white To the Carson family And holy matrimony This union is long overdue And I am thrilled to be here To officiate it uh, Dear lady, if you could step forward uh, She takes a small step forward Do you take this family to be your own? To be loved by and cared for by them? In the way that you should have been all this time? She says nothing, but she looks back and locks eyes with Brandy and nods. Brandy? Do you take this fair lady into your family with open arms? To care and cherish knowing that she is your kin.
1: Brandy sort of like does a hard swallow and also nods.
2: The ring, if you please.
1: Brandy sifts through her pocket once more, keeping one hand in the hands of the lady in white, and she pulls forth the ring. And I think she's still holding it in her hand. She's about to... Presented about to try to slide it on to the finger, when
3: from the audience you hear, "Well, <laughs> I've got to say, this is got, this must be the the grandest farce that uh, uh, I've ever seen." <laughs> A a ghost wedding.
2: (laughs) Is that the fucking snake oil salesman?
1: Dr. Jebediah Clarkson is sort of slow clapping his hands.
0: Jebediah, I don't believe Brother Gideon has uh, asked for any feedback on this particular ceremony yet.
3: Well, I have to say... Isn't it tradition in events such as this for for ones to have an opportunity to air their grievances at the proceedings? When asked, yes. Well, I didn't see our lovely Brother Gideon giving us any opportunities.
4: And you apparently do not know how to read a room.
2: Jebediah, I will thank you not to interrupt my ceremony again. And when I do ask for feedback, it will be simply for those who would object to the union of these families. It won't be whether you feel this is absurd or not. That is an opinion none of us will ever ask for, nor do we ever want it. Well, he turns to the audience.
3: You heard it first here, folks. <laughs> the vaunted vigilance committee holding hands with the enemy. They treat this ghost better than they've ever treated any of you. Well, <laughs> I, I tell you that.
0: Jebediah, you just arrived. Get off your soapbox and let us do our job and resolve in the town and this spirit's issues to a common and equitable finale. I think I'm going to have
1: you roll a night move to, to try to to push Jebediah Clarkson out of the scene here. But I want to get back to that after first rejoining our scene at the prior family homestead. We pan back to the house. We're inside. We've seen our cattle rustler violently jerking about the room, dodging bullets, firing back his own, being struck but not going down as he advances towards Avery Pryor, the head of household. Our third question, how does Avery Pryor protect his family until he can retrieve the ghost begun?
5: I think he's got his family boarded up into one bedroom like he's the door is locked and he's boarded the door Mm -hmm. in hopes that the ghost cannot get in there has also as dave mentioned hung a huge cross on that door in order to ward off spirits i think he's got a bundle of sage that's burning that he's like waving frantically Add the ghost. As he like scrambles back to grab the ghost begun.
1: Yeah. Okay. But the ghost advances ever forwards. But he does reach the ghost begun, and he does grab hold of it. And we cut back from there to our wedding ceremony. Angel, will you roll the night move? This is gonna be a night move with presence. As you do your best to intimidate and dissuade Dr. Jebediah Clarkson from continuing to interrupt this ceremony, uh, what are you worried will happen?
0: She and I am worried that Jebediah's outbursts and defaming of this ceremony will cause the spirit to lose faith in the ceremony and leave.
1: Mm. Okay. Uh, I think how it's worse than that is the lady in white will believe she's been duped into coming here and will cause some trouble of her own. This is going to be rolling 2d6. You're going to add your presence modifier.
0: Okay. That's a 7.
1: It's a 7. So in a 7 to 9, you hold steady, but there's a complication or cost, and I will describe what it looks like. You tell Doctor Clarkson that he doesn't know better, that he can't know how you all have treated the town here, that he has not been here to see this, and that he would do well to step back at this time. He he does stop talking. He he stops trying to talk over you and and the others. He like puts his hands up as like a, a gesture of of surrender, and he looks around at the those assembled and he says, "Well, we can let this town decide for itself, can't we? And he does step back into line uh, where he had been standing there in the audience. But I guess the complication is he is clearly up to something. But he, he does seem to be giving you all the go-ahead to continue with this currently.
0: Yeah, no, I, I want to use a Janice mask. <laughs> <laughs> okay well, which one are you using uh, narrate a flashback to when tragedy stuck resigning you uh, the girl uh, yep. to a life of, of toil
1: let's save that for around the same time we answer Marshall Stockley's um, Marshall Jefferson Stockley's <laughs> uh, Janice mask prompt at the end of the night sounds good okay
4: It's very fun to see Pat grip the microphone as he just said, Marshall Stockley.
0: (laughs) So ready.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So instead, that bumps your roll up to a 10 plus. So instead, you make this declaration. I think he says the same thing. Uh, He does raise his hands. He does declare that it will be up to the town to decide. Um, But he instead steps back into line much more sullen. He seems to have uh, worked out whatever he had to say for now. So, with Dr. Jebediah Clarkson back in line, Brandy takes a big, big breath. She takes the ring. And the lady in white holds out her hand, fingers splayed. Brandy takes the ring and slides it on. And for the first time... As far as you've seen, the lady in white seems to like truly hold her shape. The ring slides on and that aura that she had so far been lacking since she arrived returns to her. She, she has this glow about her as in this moment she is reaching something that she had longed for. Finally, after all of this time. And the ring slides back and locks into place there at the base of her hand. And she looks down at it. And she smiles. And uh, she looks back up to you, Brother
2: Gideon, for the ceremony to complete. Now with this ring, you are hereby joined to the Carson family. You are their kin, and they are yours, as it should have been years ago. You may rest at ease with your kin and folk for all of eternity. You may now embrace your kin.
1: I think the audience claps, and the two at the front close together. As their bodies meet, the lady in white bursts once more into this cloud of swirling moths. Ew. And as you've previously described, when a ghost does move on, we described it a particular way. <laughs> I feel like
0: there were sparkles. <laughs> it, it, the the ghost... I hope I remember this correctly. Uh, the ghost yeah. glows a warm white uh, ever-increasing until it finally disperses into a sparkling dust up to the heavens.
1: So, the moths swirl up into the sky and the That luminescence, that glow about them grows brighter and brighter until for the briefest of moments, it is as if all of those in attendance are under the sun of day, not this darkness of the wounded night. And in a flash, the moths are gone. A light, glistening powder falls down in the wind over the crowd. Huh. Well, would you look at that? It actually worked. (laughs) And Lorelai, her hand extended, you feel falling from that mist into your palm, a ring with a pearl. That which was once dented has now been mended, made whole. And we cut from here back to the prior family farm. We're inside as... The ghost of this cattle rustler, gun drawn, finger on the trigger of his pistol, advances on Avery Pryor. Avery Pryor has managed to grab hold of the Ghost Begone from his kitchen table. He's popped the cork, he's brought it to his lips. However, our final paint the scene. The Ghost Begone does nothing to dissuade the ghost. Describe Avery Pryor's death at the hands of the cattle rustler.
4: When a ghost kills a person, a human, a mortal, especially a very powerful ghost, it isn't as simple as a bullet to the chest or... Some sort of physical body-on-body contact. There is, there is that. This cattle rustler shot at and was being shot at. One of his bullets misses, and it's the last one in his uh, in his chamber. So he throws his gun aside and then leaps at Avery Pryor, presumably thinking him to be one of his assailants. Avery drinks the uh, the ghost be gone. Waiting for that to dissipate the ghost as he saw just a few hours ago. And instead, the ghost just continues to move toward him. Cattle Rustler wrestles him to the ground. Choking him. But before his life can be taken that way the intent kicks in and something in the ghost of the cattle rustler pulls the spirit from Avery Pryor's body it moves like this warm bead of light from Avery's throat up the cattle rustler's arm expanding sparkling and then it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and fizzles out once Avery stops moving the cattle rustler stands up finds his gun again looks around like he's squinting against the sunlight and walks back out the door.
1: We cut from that scene back to the center of town. Angel Talia has come up next to you after... All of the shimmer and sparkle of the lady in white has been blown away by the hot, even now, night wind. She goes over to you and rests a hand on your shoulder. She, I think, makes eye contact with you for the first serious time she has since really the news came yesterday about Jose. About her brother. She takes. Both of your hands in hers. And just says to you.
3: Thank you for bringing me here.
1: I needed to. I needed to see this pain brought to an end. In response. Angel
0: just gives Talia's hands a double squeeze because no words could really convey the heart of things better between the, the two ladies who both know not to show weakness but understand each other
1: she squeezes your hand back And turns to go, but then turns back one last time. It's up to you. Your group, you know. To put a real stop to this. We can't handle many more wounded knights. I certainly can't.
0: I assure you, we are doing everything in our power to do just that.
1: She nods. It's still not enough, though. And she leaves. As she she leaves, you you hear a voice as the crowd is starting to thin and disperse, having had their excitement for one evening. You hear a voice speak up that you haven't, well, that actually you recognize from earlier in the day. It's a distinctive voice, difficult to forget. It's raspy, like it's trying to claw its way out of his throat.
3: Mm, She's, she's right. You all have a hard task here.
1: You turn and see the conductor who was walking with the young woman through town earlier. Uh, His neck is bruised and worn, swollen clearly. He wears a higher collar to sort of hide it. But he's staring at you wrapped, his eyes unblinking.
3: Is that what you mean to do? To end Wounded Knight.
0: If we can find a way, yes.
3: Well, I know a way to transform this town for the better. I'll be in touch. There's a lot of work that could be done here.
1: His eyes move from you. There's the young woman there. Clearly, she's been here as part of the crowd. She's across the street now. And she's waving to him, beckoning for him to come and join her. And so he starts to head that way, but casts a glance back at you.
3: Trust me. You want to get anything done in this town? You have to take it for yourself.
1: And he heads over to join the woman and they depart. Marshall, the crowd disperses.
0: The night continues, but the events of it conclude. I think overall, your assemblage was a success. Well, that's great. (laughs) And we move from the night
1: into the day. No, we don't. Well, into the dawn.
5: No, we still have to... We have a couple of scenes. We have a couple of Janus Mass scenes. left yeah.
1: Oh, this is good. This is good. Oh, we got it. There it is. There it is. You did it. We did, did it, it guys. <laughs> um, I'm going to start then with uh, Angel, and then we'll swing over to the marshal. Angel, as you're leaving the assemblage, we see into the past a different time in the life of Angel and of one who, whose life has been near hers, that of this unnamed girl.
0: You see out of the eyes of this unnamed girl, you can see uh, the dog next to her, little puppy. Mm-hmm. And in front of her, you see... Uh, Two people, a man and a woman, each shot in the head and being measured out by the undertaker for their caskets, hand soaked with salty tears as she just stares at them from a distance, knowing that she will forever be alone.
1: And so ends the night of lonesomeness, huh? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
4: except...
5: Well, almost. Marshall. So, the deputy, Deputy Wainwright, after the assemblage, was walking through the remains of the old town hall just in remembrance of... What had transpired. The battle that was once fought there. Yeah. And he is, you know, looking around because I like to think it's like a half destroyed building. So Mm -hmm. there's still like some like rooms and stuff you can walk into and stuff. He's walking around and he opens a door and there's some papers on the walls. And he finds a wanted poster with a picture that looks oddly like Marshall Jefferson Stockley, but with a different name. And he grabs the poster and makes his way to the marshal. His feet leave the building, and
1: for just a moment in the camera's view we see behind the building for the first time there's a man who's been standing there watching the whole affair he twirls his own well-oiled mustache as the crowd disperses into the night